Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for Insanity Podcast is brought to you by... Did we tell them what day it is today? Halloween. It's Halloween. Say something meaningful. Say something inspiring. Say something to the people, Mo. Let them know, Marigas. One thing to say to America right now is, yo, chill. Just chill out. Micah, your head is enormous, dude. All <laughs> yeah, right. Now that's insane. We're talking the past, present, and future about one thing in all this video. Hey everybody, welcome back. <laughs> Dude, it's good to be back. Welcome back to the Sanity Podcast. Recording live over Skype. Oh, Skype. You know, it's the first time doing it. You know, I'm I'm Mo Brown and this is my handsome. Always handsome co-host Macasia Kasky. What's up, dude? What's up, my man? How you been? It's you know I've been excellent. Yeah, you know, I had a couple life moves. I was in D.C. I'm in Charlotte now, living uptown, and I'm loving my new my new gig and my new company and everything. So life is lovely. How about yourself, buddy? Good man. I saw the the spot there. Looks looks like you moved in with Cam Newton. Hey man, we got a same realtor. Works out well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, let's just jump into this thing, man. Because what's been on your mind lately, man? I mean, there's so much going on in politics, um, in social uh, realm of the world, and everything else. It's it's really not um, too much that you cannot th- talk about at this point. So just go for it, man. What's on your mind? A little bit of everything, you know. Uh, hell, man. A year ago, we were staring down the barrel of a presidency of of Hillary Clinton. And uh, as things played themselves out, turned out not to be, just got to yeah. stay off the social media. Yeah, you know, that's interesting that you say that because I, I completely agree. I mean, you look at all the things that's going on and you click on a link here and everything social stationalized and it's polarized and everybody want to get up in arms about every little piece of information that comes out there is always the biggest, it's always the greatest, it's always the worst and all these different things. But at the end of the day, when you go to work and, you know, com- commune with your neighbors, um, it's really not that bad. It's not that bad. Here's a question for you. Do you okay. think people commune with their neighbors more or less than they did before? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the answer to that is depends. I just really depend on it depends on where you're at in society. I think in your more uh, urban areas, I would say more, um, at least for me personally, um, the amount of conversations I had with just random people has seemed to increase um, and particularly on difficult subjects. Now, I don't know if that's because I'm not afraid to bring them up, but for me personally, it seems that there has been a lot of more discourse, whether good or bad um, amongst individuals. What's your thoughts? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. And uh, for those of you who've not been with us on the Insanity podcast before, you may not realize this, but 
we talk about things that really most people don't. So when you say an urban in an urban environment, is that code for black? No, no, not this time. I'm, I uh, mean, in a, in the literal sense, <laughs> like in a city, <laughs> like in a city, in a water, city, you know, where there's a lot of divorce diversity uh, in a given area. I, I think the 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 appetite for conversation has definitely increased, and I think that is a byproduct of the the Trump um, administration being in office. Now, whether his intentions were that or not, I think a byproduct of it again is people having conversation about tough things because of his bluntness himself. So it forces us to have conversations um, that we may not like because either one, you agree with it, two, you disagree with it, or three, you feel like it's representing you and you feel like you got to speak up against it. So um, whatever your appetite is, I think the cause of more conversation can be directly or indirectly linked to uh, our president. Yeah, interesting, interesting to hear you say that, because one of the things that, that I see over and over again, and, and to be clear, I, I definitely don't approve of the way the president chooses to articulate a lot of things, and, and I'll set aside even some of the policy stuff for right now, but one of the things that, that I hear over and over is the president is you know destroying norms and destroying institutions. And, and I can remember back when we were talking about this uh, last year, you know, I, I think we and certainly others have said online that, you know, our, our norms are going to be tested. We're going to find out, you know, how strong a democracy uh, we really are. And uh, I, I said then, and I still believe it's true, that, you know, we're, we're going to come out of this the stronger for it. I, I think that, you know, we're, we're finding where, where boundaries are. And if you set aside the the hyperbolic ranting of all the television personalities, you know, by and large, I think that society is, is holding up. Um, you know, I, I think the internets tend to let people, you know, think themselves a little tougher than they, they might in person. People will you know, rant and rave and say things they wouldn't say to somebody's face. But, um, you know, for all the challenges we face, you know, to date, I think we've passed them all. No, no, you know that's, that's a very interesting point, and that's that was a uh, a point that we both agreed on. Even when we were going to the possibility of Trump coming into presidency, um, how would we respond to him as a country? And I think, you know, on the fringes, you still have your people who's on the radical side, whether that's on the left or the right. But in general, I think that you've seen. Uh, America stand up and show who we are and inspire to those um, principles that our forefathers uh, put in front of us. And, um, you know, I like to say it like this, the, the, the fields are burning. If you played any kind of athletics and particularly football at the end of the season, what they did would come in and burn the fields and you will burn the field for new growth to come back. And then typically the, the, the grass come back better the next year. And I think we're kind of going through a burning phase right now We're we're burning, we're getting all the loose edges, but then that new growth, as you pointed out just a second ago, that we're going to be a better country because of it. And yes, yeah, sucks going through it, but um, at the end of the day, you got to do it. Change is hard. You know, change is uncomfortable. Um, change is real. Um, and we're, we're going through all those effects right now, um, in, in our country and quite frankly, in this world. So let me shift gears here with you for a second. What's the most difficult conversation you've had 
in the last eh, five months. Wow. Six months. That is a good question. Um, you know, hey, Tom, I, I'll, I'll get Tyler to, to put in some music here while you think. Tyler First of all, who do you want? Who do you let me sponsors? If you had your choice, and I'm not saying we don't have our choice, but who would you want to be a who would you want to sponsor the show? Amazon. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> for me. Amazon. Amazon, will you please sponsor me in any kind of way? I mean, geez, like taking over, dude. Like, I wonder if Walmart is even gonna have a business here in another five, ten years. But uh Amazon, how about you? Uh that's that's like that's like cheating. Because like, it's that's everything. You asked me first. Yeah, but you when's the last time you saw Amazon sponsoring any podcast? We, I don't on. know. I'm just saying we're kind of special. Maybe Amazon like what we're doing. So what you got? Tell what you lead, the, me, uh, you lead me in the right direction, big guy. Do you listen to podcasts? Yes, other I do. than your own? I do. <laughs> I really don't even listen to my own. I, I hate actually uh, listening to myself talk. Be, believe it or not. Have you ever used Blue Apron? I have used Blue Apron. What do you think about it? I like it. You you want them to be our sponsor? Well, they're not going to be our sponsor with that kind of endorsement, there, buddy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Mikey likes it. Let's try again. What's the uh? What's the underwear brand? There's some kind of the dude. I wear Hanes. I'm, I'm, you know, MJ all day, baby. Hanes, is it? It's all Tyler, I wear. Tyler, do you know? Me undies. Me undies. I believe it's me undies. I can't, I can't endorse that. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. Huh. Uh, what about like a Chinese restaurant? <laughs> um. What about the NFL? <laughs> Sorry, I support America. Not endorsing that. <laughs> oh, that's that is rich. That's, yeah, you know, so you know what? That's, there's actually that's actually a really good segue if you're ready to segue. That's why they pay me so much for these shows. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, what do you think about what do you think about taking a knee? Well, it's not even taking a knee. You asked what was my uh, most difficult conversation that I had in the last six months. Well, it was around this the, the knee um, situation, and um, good friend of mine, and you know, he said his points, and I said my points, and at some at at one point it got heated, you know. Oh, to the point where he was he was like, uh, you know, these guys are getting paid. This is not the right place for them to be doing it. They at work, do it on their own time, call a press conference. And, and naturally, my position is, well, protests are made to be uncomfortable. Um, and if you are trying to protest something, um, particularly when you uh, feel so passionate about it, you want to do it on the biggest platform as possible. Um, and And so – from a rational standpoint, if I'm trying to effectively have a protest, doing it on that stage makes the most sense. 
um, to invoke the response that you're trying to get, that uncomfortableness that comes along with kneeling um, before the, the, the national anthem or during the national anthem. Um, and then also from a bias standpoint, being that I'm a former athlete, I had to fight through me being a young athlete in the business world in a position that probably shouldn't have been given to me at that time. Um, and I knew that because it was more of a older male, older white male position. Um, and so being boxed in and seeing as seen just as an athlete is one of the biggest most offensive things you can do to an athlete. Um, and some of the response that I hear, like, should just play football, blah, 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 that you can't have any um, uh, intelligent thought outside of catching or running or tackling um, really frustrates me as well. So hearing people and their response saying they shouldn't do this in the workplace, et cetera, also um, made me feel a certain kind of way. So, you know, to conclude that conversation, we both agree that uh, one, I told him that, that you know, Kaepernick is one of the better players. Um, he's definitely a top 32, top 40 quarterback, you know, in the league. And you can make that face all you want to. So he should have a job. And he disagreed. And he and, and I left and I said, hey, uh, Ka- Kaepernick is still I gave him some stats, and then he responded to me, but it's Kaepernick playing, and that's how we ended it. But it was still some of that tension. So that was a very difficult conversation for me. But we got through it, and he's still my boy, nonetheless. What's yours? Who's who's your boy? Kaepernick's your boy, or your boy's your boy? My friend. He still is my boy. Like, uh-huh. I mean, you know, we, we, I think we agreed to disagree, and it was a very tough conversation that we ended with and i'm responding to some stuff with text that i'll keep intimate between him and i but uh it 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 was uh a tense i guess week and a half was he black or white or he's white he was white guy he's a white guy where did the conversation start like physically where were you um so i was um actually at his house i was actually at his house and uh we was um Finishing up was on Sunday, I think, and he was like, "You want to watch some football?" And I told him I was actually not watching the NFL this year um, because Kaepernick did not have a game. Was excuse me, Kaepernick was not playing, and so the thought process that you heard from most of the owners was that they didn't want to offend their base because of the actions that he did. But then my rebuttal to that was, well, you can still offend the other side of your base too, because you're not giving a man opportunity to play football because his stance on um, police brutality and doing his American given right to protest and not only protest, a whole country was built off of protest. Like some of the most American things you could, one of the most American things you can do is protest. Um, And so to say that was cause to keep him off the field, to me, it's not appropriate, given that I do believe that he's a top, at the, at for sure, a top 64 quarterback. And there's really no reason outside of him taking a knee on behalf of uh, minorities that's getting abused by um, pro- police brutality um, was not uh, just cause to, to keep him from being employed. Yeah, man, it's a tough issue for sure. Um, you know, the, the thought that I go back to, and I really heard Mark Cuban talk about it uh, at some length. And and I think he really kind of nailed it. He'd been asked, you know, what what are you going to do about basketball players in the NBA who, who might 
take it, take a knee or, or whatever, given the NBA has a rule that, that explicitly disallows that. And his point was, you know, it's, it's, it's different for a lot of reasons, right? Like football players, aside from two, three, at most four players on a team are relatively anonymous figures, you know, whereas with the basketball team, you know, even the 12th man, you know, you can see his face, right? So, so it's a little bit different of a platform. But really the fundamental question is, so what? So now what? What are you going to do now that you got the attention? You're going to take a knee for forever? Or now that you've got the spotlight on you for the reason that is increasingly less the reason that you started with, where is it going to end? You know, are you going to take this moment and use that platform to affect good? Um, because otherwise you just wear it out, right? So we're going to – it's going to become the new norm. There's going to be a couple guys every team that take a knee or some guy who gets caught out on the field while everybody else is in the locker room or, you know, 10 guys in a row take a knee and then another three stand. And you give ammunition to people who aren't predisposed to liking your ideas and your perspectives anyway. You give them a, a, a club to bludgeon you with. Whereas, and again, and I think this is – Cuban's point is that, you know, right now the attention is there. You can go to these billionaire owners and say, look, if you donate $20 million to this, we'll go back to standing up. And every every football team in the National Football League has got an owner who's like, golly, this is, you know, let's get some positive publicity. It would take that deal. And and then, you know, you, you renormalize that standing for the national anthem is what we do here. That's that's the norm. And if the situation doesn't change over time, you re-engage and you go back to that. And you can control the spotlight. You control the narrative. You, you, you talk with the issues on your terms and not the terms of the media and not the terms of a, a political class that wants to co-opt it and make it about something different than what you made it about to start with. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't think there are many uh, athletes who are taking the knee in protest who would say this is about, you know, disrespecting the flag or disrespecting our troops or disrespecting America in general. You know, my understanding is that, you know, they're taking the knee to try and bring attention to important social issues like uh, police brutality in, in some cases. Good to go. That's if that's your cause. I, I'm, I understand that. But with every day that you allow other people to make their own judgments about it. I, I think you, you you do yourself a disservice. And so today, you know, when was the last time there was a story done on that any of those issues? The story now is just you know seven guys from the Ravens and two guys from the Cowboys did it. So you know, I wonder, so what? Now, now, what are you going to do about it? So, so, so I think I've I've heard this uh, that position a good bit during this response, and I agree. I mean, you know, a protest without execution is a wasted protest. Um, however, um, if you look out through history, um, exposure is always the first portion of. Um, changing these difficult things that are social norms or hard issues to touch on. So when I see this exposure, I say this is very necessary. And everyone is now talking about it. Everyone is engaged. And you, whether you're, whether you're taking one side or the other, conversations like I had with my good friend that was difficult happen. 
because of the individual taking a knee. And now how you respond to it obviously is each individual person to um, way to handle that. But at the end of the day, the conversation is we have been happening because of the knee down. And so the overall goal was to bring more attention to it. Now, how the narrative changed, and, and it's funny that you brought this up because this is what I, I actually said to him too. He was like, no, it's not about that anymore. It's mad because Trump said something, so they protested him, and all these things have changed. I'm like, yeah, but again, and I think another point he said was uh, that he was looking for attention because he had just got uh, benched. And I was just like, well, no, that makes no sense. I mean, dude lost his livelihood over something that he meant something to him. So I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. But again, you're putting what you thought he was doing on him versus believing him for what he's telling you why he is doing that. And so changing the narrative is always going to be that. People are always going to take things out of context. And um, is it that the, the athlete's fault who's saying this is what I believe in and this is why I'm doing it, and then the media taking it and changing it to something else? Then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's always going to happen, so I think the exposure is fine. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just think that there's a certain naivete that that there that, that's going on here. You know, you cannot control the narrative with the platform that, that you have as, as an athlete. Uh, again, there's just a few that that are that are exceptions here, but for the most part, most professional athletes don't have the platform, don't have the voice to make their voice heard against a, a tide of of uh, opposition who can change it all because they just they just don't. I mean, look, the whole problem with where we are in society right now, in my view, is the tribalism that goes on. You know, it's what 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 team am I on? And, and, you know, is this my team's position or is that, is it that team's position? And when you are a voice that gets put on one team and again, you, you, there's a certain helplessness about it. You're on that team now. And so you got to confront the other team who's going to change it in a way that's not what you intended. And to think that it's not going to happen, I think is naive. And, you know, which is why I say like all things, you know, get in Figure out what you want to do, and and make that happen. Otherwise, you're 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 squandering an opportunity. Well, Tyler, keep telling us we need to cut this short, but I want to keep this going because I, I would tell you, would you say the same thing about Ali? And again, going back to the conversation I had with with my friend, I told him when people when Ali was going through his protests against Vietnam. He was able to make a stand. He said, no Vietnam ever did anything to me, um, so I don't have any problem with them. They're not the one who's oppressing me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so I don't have any problem with them. And he was willing to go to jail for it. Um, during that time, he had ample amount of credits. People would tra- try to change his uh, motivations and why he was doing it. Same thing that you see happen with Kaepernick, happened with Ali. But now as you fast forward um, to his death just a few few years ago, I mean, literally the world stopped to reverence the guy because he did take a stand, that he um, was able to articulate something that meant something to him. Did he have a course of pain to try to stop? Could he stop the Vietnam War just by him saying that he wasn't going to fight? Absolutely not. But he was he, he made a stance in something that he believed in. Those other people who believed the way he did, and history showed him to be true. I think the same thing would happen with Kaepernick. See, and that's where I disagree because I think – 
that the difference is in today's age, each of these teams has the ability to raise significant amounts of money. I'm talking tens of millions of dollars times 32. And you can take that money and you can go into communities and you can educate communities. You can educate police officers. You can create programs that help bridge that divide that has created this fundamental distrust. And that, that I think, is a different problem than what Muhammad Ali was you know, purportedly fighting against. And, well, I mean, oh, by the way, I'll also point out that he was a hell of a lot better than Colin Kaepernick ever was. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm talking about in, in principle. The, and I don't want to make I don't want to make it about Colin Kaepernick because I, as as far as his football skill, because I think that's that's unfair. But right, you know. right. But no, and I'm a, I agree with you. Again, going back to my point, protest without execution is a waste of protest. So I agree that you, we they need to get to the point where they're figuring out things. But there are things that they are doing that's not getting attention. Just because you're not hearing about it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Um, for instance, you know, Colin Kaepernick has gave the million dollars that he committed to everyone to the uh to the uh charities that he said he would in 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 his protest um that was matched by San Francisco that's an option that can happen too because at the end of the day it is to invoke the change to where you are changing the 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 the, the policing in America to better reflect um the population versus the 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 stats that um bear out minorities are disproportionately arrested accused and murdered So like two years ago, I was in Germany and went to a, a Bayern Munich soccer game. Uh, and uh, there's a player on that team, and his name is Thomas Thomas Müller. And so me and my buddy, we get to the game, and there are four absolutely hammered drunk Germans yelling, Müller! 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 And I was like, but he's not even playing right now. What is it yelling about? <laughs> and uh, so me and my buddy were like, what the hell? And they kept going on and on. And finally, in like the 75th minute, they let Mueller on. And these guys ripped their shirts off and are like, Mueller! <laughs> every time I pick up the paper and I'm like, huh. Uh, Mueller! Yeah. I think that's a new rule, man. We got to refer to him as Mueller! <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah. But anyway, man. I mean, as a prosecutor and someone who has prosecuted people, um, what what do you think of all the attention and um, not even necessarily just the indictments that came out, but also just the whole process that's going on and how the media is treating it and the the responses that we're getting from all sides of the aisle? I think the media does an enormous disservice to the American people and really to the world by constantly jumping to conclusions. And it's rampant and wild speculation based on nothing more than a couple of uninformed, self-important blowhards just spouting off at the mouth about what they think could possibly be going on. I think it's an absolute disgrace what they do because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know a damn thing about what the hell is going on? They just get up there every night because they get paid to to start telling people uh, conclusions that they really don't even have uh, the information to to reach yet. And, and I really think it's a it's a huge disservice to America. And because they do it all in the pursuit of profits, they do it for ratings, they do it for clicks, they do it for likes. They don't do it 
for the right reasons, which is, you know, to inform the American people. And it really, frankly, kind of pisses me off. Okay, I, I completely understand that. And, and but from a, a prosecution side, I mean, this is a typical thing that you would see in the investigation, and this is what you we should be looking for, or, or, you know, or is this different because we're talking about the president of the United States? Yeah. Well, look, I, I think it's it's different because of the visibility here. You know, this isn't like, you know, an ordinary drug trafficking case. It's a big deal, right? Anything that goes on is going to be under, you know, intense scrutiny, and, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's maybe the frustrating part for me as I watch this go on is, you know, we on both sides, there's people calling for Mueller to be fired or (laughs) venerated in the prosecutorial hall of fame, you know, and and it's, it's premature. We don't know. How's the investigation going? I don't know. Everything is secret at this point. Mm -hmm. We got to let this thing play itself out. The reality is at the end of the day, all of this information will come to the fore. It will be, there for history to pour over and rake over and historians and political scientists and legal experts to, you know, it'll, it will be there for time in memoriam and, and the facts will be what the facts will be. Um, but this instant gratification world we live in can't handle that. And, uh, I, I don't know. I get frustrated by it. I don't know. What, what do you think about it? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm in that same boat, man. It's just, I get frustrated about taking just words in, and I actually tweeted about this um, not too long ago, and, and, and I said context matter, um, and I, and I caution people to use um, or or put it just as much as importance on context as content, and I think what we see from our media sources that they get content and they try to produce produce a context that is. Um, conducive to them um, making more profit, and that's what frustrates me. Um, you know, I, I heard this uh, interview from John Kelly um, on Fox News the other day, and I'm kind of switching subject here a little bit, but I think it's it's uh, important um, that he was talking about uh, the reason we had a civil war because there there was an ability to compromise, and all the Twitter handles on the scene, people on the left, and it's like, well, what was there a compromise about when it comes to slavery or not having slaves? And I'm just like, whoa, that is taking a very simplistic way of it. I think the point he was trying to make, and you know, I'm not trying to defend it, that, but when I when I listened to him, I felt in the sense that because the country was so divided and on, on split ends that the lack of ability to compromise led to us going to war. And was that because of slavery? I think that was a part of it. Um, absolutely. Probably the major part of it. However, to say that he meant that he we couldn't compromise on half slaves and not to have slaves is very simplistic. And I think it does a disservice, as you say, to, uh, to all the Americans and keeps us divided. So to kind of summarize uh, my feelings towards the investigation, I'm in the same boat as you. Let our judicial system do what it's supposed to do, um, and that's go through this process, let the facts play out as they are, and do what's so great about this country is that you're innocent until proven guilty, and 
too often in the court of uh, public, the public court, we are uh, convicting these folks um, before all the information is out. And not only we're convicted them, either even even if they are guilty or innocent, and more importantly, innocent, um, you are affecting their lives forever because you're not going to be able to pull back all the information that's out there. So um, I think we're in agreement on this. I think we just need to pump our brakes and let this uh, thing play out. Um, it's doing nothing but hurting America. That's why we have the Insanity Podcast. What? Because we're going to bring it to you real, and we're going to keep it rational. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. That's what we do. I just noticed that the beer I'm drinking expired in 2015. It just gets you a little bit more drunk. You okay? <laughs> I might not make it. <laughs> but if I do, we'll see you next time on the Insanity Podcast. Bye, y'all. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.